Welcome to the Chapters of Grace podcast. My name is Sarah. And I'm Heather. And we're two friends collecting stories of God's grace and sharing our stories along the way. Welcome back to the Chapters of Grace podcast. Um, Today's episode is going to be a little bit of a continuation on healing and um, we still have our guest Regina on with us. Hey! um, Heather and I are just going to kind of talk about some experiences that we've seen um, with with different types of healing and we just kind of wanted uh, Regina here to, you know, she just has the best wisdom and (laughs) we love her so much and just kind of kind of help chime in on this continuation of our healing episode. So Sarah's going to um, give a little bit of a little background on her um, youngest son and some situations that he had. Um, And then I would like to speak a little bit about, you know, what happens when that healing maybe doesn't come earth side and maybe the Lord chooses to heal in heaven. So we just hope that you enjoy this. Um, we are, again, we're on social media, on Instagram and Facebook. So reach out, give us a like, a follow, connect with us. We'd love to hear from you. Here you go, Sarah. So our, our youngest son, we sort of went through a roller coaster with him on his health and his, from the beginning, really, I mean, before he was even out of the womb, he, we felt like he was just constantly fighting to be here. We went for our... 20-week anatomy scan, which is where they will normally tell you the gender, and they, you know, they check different areas of the body, like the heart and the brain and different things, and, you know, they just make sure that everything's functioning the way it should, and, of course, I was pregnant during COVID, so, um, you know, it, it, it was just all, it was just already a scary situation, and thankfully, my husband was able to be in there with me, because I think I would have really lost it, but, so they do the anatomy scan and they're taking a lot of pictures and we go and sit in a room with the doctor and it was a doctor we had never met before and he was he was trying to tell us something and he was just going in a very roundabout way. I was very I'm not a very blunt person, but I finally just looked at him and I said, What are you trying to say? I'm sorry, I'm just not understanding what you're trying to say. And he was talking about all these genes and all this and I'm like, I'm sorry, I just I don't understand what you're trying to tell me. And he said, Well, the way that his neck is measuring um, we think that he may have Down syndrome. And so, um, you know, initially I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, I don't understand that. And he's like, well, you know, we can do the genetic testing, but we're going to need to send you to maternal fetal medicine to, you know, do some more higher quality ultrasounds and they can do more measurements and things like that. And so I had a piece. I wasn't scared. Even if he would have been born with Down syndrome, I wouldn't have been phased by it. Um, but that's just sort of hard when you just, you kind of just already envision what your child is going to be. And so that just sort of shifted my way of thinking. And I told Gabe that I'm like, well, if this is what God is giving us, like, I'm, we'll do it. I'm ready. I don't, you know, we will, it'll be fine. But it was still scary because I know they can have heart issues and things like that. So we went and, um, to maternal fetal medicine and so yeah, they, uh, the, the, you know, the ultrasound tech was very nice. She was very sweet taking the pictures. She let me keep all the pictures too, which is nice. And, you know, you wait what feels like forever to get some yeah. kind of news, right. you know. And the doctor walks in just very, she was also like very beautiful. And she just came in and just sort of strutted <laughs> in. I was like, great, they send the model in here and tell me bad news. But um, she came in and she said, 
um, yeah, I have no idea why they're staying here. He's perfectly fine. Everything's measuring perfect. She said, I literally have no idea why they're staying here. Wow. And so that was like our first little miracle with, with him. And um, so, you know, we just go on our merry way. And of course, you have to go to the doctor for all those checkups when they're first born. And we were doing weight checks. And I don't know why they like to stress new moms out like that, mm-hmm. but they did. And so that was a lot of um, anxiety. I had a lot of postpartum anxiety. That was different than the postpartum depression I had yeah. with our first son. Um, and it was just constant fear, constant stress. I just always thought something was going to happen mm-hmm. to him. And it didn't help that all of these things kept coming up. So they had done some type of test when he was first born in the hospital. And they like sent it out, some type of genetic testing. Yeah. And... It didn't come back until, I think, a month after he was born. I don't know if that was COVID-related or what, but it was delayed. And so we go to one of our appointments, and the doctor said, so we need to talk about his results for one of the tests. Okay. You know, I don't I don't know any of the medical terms or, you know, I don't know what they're talking about. But so on one of the genetic testing or whatever it was, it showed that he um, had a gene for cystic fibrosis. So... The doctor was doing his very best to explain it to me. Um, but basically, basically he was either going to be a gene carrier for this disease or he had the disease. And so we, they referred us to go get a sweat test where they, they test mm-hmm. their sweat. Um, and so naturally I did the first thing that I think all moms do. And I started Googling oh, bad idea, bad what, idea. Was, <laughs> what happens. And of course, you know, cystic fibrosis is a very serious disease. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you may be able to speak into this as a nurse, but from what I saw online, the uh, life expectancy is like 35 years. Yeah. Um, a lot of times they have to have transplant, lung transplants. It's a disease of your lungs, mucus, a lot of time in the hospital, lot of time in the hospital hard time breathing, which mm-hmm. is also scary with COVID, mm-hmm. you know, makes them more susceptible to things like that. Um, So it was just very scary. I mean, when I said scared, scared is not even the right word. I mean, you talk about the thought of this new baby that you bring home and someone telling you he may have a disease that he's not going to live very long. It just, it made me take, I didn't want to leave him with anyone because I'm like, I need every minute I can. I need to absorb every second I can. I I was just so, like, Lord, why? I don't want to. I can't even think about losing that baby. Like, nope. I don't want to do this. And it was, it was just, it was a lot. It was very draining emotionally. And so um, they referred us to um, our lo- local hospital here. Um, and it, we were, um, you know, we were praying. Gabe was not allowed to go with me to the hospital. So I had to go by myself. That was a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. And I am stronger than I think, but in those moments, I'm like, I can't do this. I'm not sure <laughs> to do this. I can't do it. And so when I was, um, you know, we were praying together on the way and we were listening, you know, I was just trying to listen to worship music. I was just really trying to just be in the presence of the Lord. I'm just like, God, please, please heal him. Please, Lord, please don't let him have this. And um, a song called Gratitude by Brandon Lake came on. And um, the lyrics to the bridge are, um, it says, come on my soul, don't you get shy on me, lift up your song, because you've got a lion inside of those lungs, get up and praise the Lord, and I I can't explain it other than the Holy Spirit just like spoke to me and said, he's got a lion in his lungs, like he belongs to me, he's going to be okay, those lungs are going to be okay, 
And so I'm like, okay, God, all right, he's going to be okay. And so we go and, and we do the sweat test. And for a newborn, it's, you, you know, it's just a lot. They're yeah. trying to hold them down. We have to put these little um, electro, electro things. things on their legs to make them sweat. Well, so the lady was very nice. And they do the test. And she's like, you know, maybe a few days. Well, we get the test results, and it says inconclusive. They couldn't collect enough uh-huh. sweat. Uh-huh. So I'm like, okay, we still don't know. Oh, my goodness. So um, we were also, when they were doing that test, we were also in the same room as where they were doing testing for COVID. Mm-hmm. And so I think it happened at the same time because it's just like the enemy to kick you while you're down. Yeah. Um, he and our youngest son ended up getting COVID. And um, he was under a month old or two months old. So he hadn't had his first round of um, vaccinations. And so, um, you know, they're like, we just need to make sure that he's you know, still feeding, that he's getting fluids. Mm-hmm. If his you know, fever spikes to X amount, like we need to go to the hospital. So I think his fever got up to like 103. I mean, yeah, it was high. high. Yeah. And, you know, his whole, his whole face was flushed and he just had red, like he could just he could tell. tell. He just looked so pitiful. And he stopped nursing, so I'm like, okay, we're going to the hospital. Right. So we get to the hospital again. I have to go by myself. I'm like, Lord, why? <laughs> um, and, you're a mom. You're tough. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they, the, the ER um, doctor said, you know, I, I really hate to do this, but because he's under two months old, we're going to have to do a spinal tap. We have to make sure he doesn't have <gasps> meningitis. Oh, that boy. Poor baby. So baby. They're, they get, they're taking blood, and, you know, it's just it's so hard. Like, I know. I remember that when that happened. And um, those nurses were so sweet. They were giving me snacks. They were like, Mama, you got this. And I'm like, I don't got this. <laughs> but they did, when they did the spinal tap, the doctor said, if you need to leave, it's okay. He was like, you know, a lot of times parents will step out if they need to. And I'm like, I can't leave him. Like, what? There's no way I can leave no. the room. Like, I can't look, but I'm not going to leave mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And so that was, that was the worst. I don't even, you know, that was just the worst ever. They were they were very good. They did ask me, though, when they came in to do it. They said, um, we have a resident here. He wants to know if he can do it. I said, I'm sorry. I know you need to learn, but not on my baby. Right. <laughs> sorry. Good for you. Good for you, Mom. Very sorry, mm-hmm. but no, not happening. <laughs> So, uh, sorry to that student. You just had to observe that day. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. But, um, so we ended up getting admitted to the hospital. They gave him lots of, I didn't even know you could put an IV on a month old baby. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Um, and it was pitiful, mm-hmm. but we, we slept in the COVID unit oh. at the hospital together. Um, and fun fact, they don't bring you food if you're not admitted into the hospital. Right. So didn't eat for two days. <laughs> Um, my husband smuggled me in snacks because he could only come one hour yeah. a day, which oh is, that was it, one hour. Horrible. And yeah, that was terrible. So he brought me like a change of clothes and brought me food. And I think I had scarfed it down in 30 seconds. I was so hungry. But so he ended up recovering from that. But still, you know, that's just fear. Yeah. You don't know. We didn't know anything about COVID then. Right. And when he actually tested positive, our doctor told us that he was, they didn't have, they had maybe three other babies that had tested positive. And you're like, I, what does that mean? Are they okay? Do they recover? Like, we didn't know, yeah. you know? So after we were out of quarantine, we had to go back for our second test to find out about the cystic fibrosis. And um, boy, the enemy was all in that. I mean, we had an appointment, but they said we didn't have an appointment. So we waited for hours and just me and, and our son. And then finally, when the, um, the technician comes down to do the test. She was so rude. Oh, yeah. She was 
she acted like I had inconvenienced her. She was just, I cried. Like, I literally cried in there because I don't like to, to be confrontational, but she was being so rude to me. And I just stopped and said, do I need to come back another day? Like, I don't understand why you're, you're being rude to me right now. I'm just trying. She was upset with me because I needed to nurse him because I just waited two hours. And right when she was about to do the test, he was losing his mind. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> he, does. he really like does. Yes, Still, he does. this is love language. <laughs> yeah, so she was just, it was just this whole thing. And um, the Holy Spirit came over me after I fed him. I came up and said, I'm very sorry that I raised my voice at you. I'm just very stressed out. You know, I just, I'm worried about my baby. I just want him to get this test. And I don't know if she was scared that I was going to, like, call her manager, which I wouldn't have. <laughs> but they released that test. I didn't even get to the parking lot, and I got a notification that they had the results. Which wow. He did not have cystic fibrosis. He's just a gene carrier, which I think will only affect him if he marries somebody who carries the gene also. Yeah, then right. they have a chance that their children will. But he doesn't have it. And so that was just such a, a little yes. miracle moment and such a, a relief. Um, but, of course, the enemy wasn't done with them mm-hmm. still. No. Um, when we went back again for another doctor's visit, our doctor found a lump mm-hmm. underneath his collarbone. Uh, he really has been fighting, like, from day one. <laughs> he's a baby Billy Graham. Yeah. <laughs> right? Got the big plan. Yeah. yeah. Devil knows it. And yeah. so they referred us to um, pediatric surgery, I believe. And so we, again, we had to go. And that doctor, you know, the first thing he did, he starts, you know, looking at it and he's looking at other areas of his body and he goes, mom, it's not cancer. Okay, good. Because, you know, you Google lump under your child's neck. Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) But it was like, it felt like every minute that I could say, okay, Lord, you're right. You've got him. He's good. The doctors would say, oh, well, we have another area of concern. And I just didn't, I didn't have the faith that I should have in those moments. I think I did, but it was just, I let the fear overcome me, you know? And I look back now and I see that the, God never left me. He never, he had people surrounding me, praying with me. I mean, you guys prayed. Regina, I know you were. I would hold that baby. And... You would pray for him. <laughs> and she was in nursery and she would pray over him and, and love him. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, just really, we had a lot of people that um, just really surrounded us. And I'm very thankful for that. And even when I wasn't strong enough to say, right. he's going to be okay. The people around us were, mm-hmm. and my husband, he was that, I don't know if he felt it every time, but he's like, no, he's going to be okay. You know, no one's just saying, he's going to be okay. Um, so, yeah, they, they, he was getting examined by this pediatric surgeon. He said, it's okay. You know, we're going to go do an ultrasound just to make sure, but I think he's fine. And so they did an ultrasound, and I guess he just has ligaments and blood vessels, vessels that sort of clump together and causes discoloration on his skin. And mm-hmm. Um, they said, yeah, he's basically just going to have this mark, but it's not going to, he, he can play sports, he can do whatever, you know, he can be a rambunctious child, which he is, <laughs> and it's not going to affect him, and it's just, it just felt like one thing after another, but then finally when we found out, I was okay, I'm like, all right, Lord, this is all I can take right now, please, yeah. <laughs> please, Lord, but really, I mean, just one thing after another, I feel like every time the enemy, like, tried to take out the Lord was like no he's mine he's yeah. anointed and I have a purpose for him and I truly believe that oh yeah both of my children have a calling our oldest son he's I think he's going to be a worship leader he oh, just yeah. makes up little songs he sings oh, all day wow. and he just goes around the house and 
makes up little jingles. I'm like, you're just going to be like the little worshiper, and <laughs> your brother's going to be this powerhouse preacher. <laughs> yes. So I just know that that the Lord has such a purpose for them. But it's scary. It's scary when you go through health stuff, but it's oh. there's a whole nother level when it's your children. Oh, yeah. 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 It's just I can't even explain it. Mm-hmm. It's it's the worst feeling, and <laughs> yeah. you really need the Lord to lean on because mm-hmm. it's not easy. Yeah, for sure, it's hard. It's really, really hard. And but. not only did He go after your son, but by instilling fear in you, because we know that's you? not of God. Mm-hmm. So He was coming after you too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, it puts a strain on on yourself. It puts a strain on your marriage. Right. It puts a strain on everything because you just are just trapped you feel in bondage to fear and that's how it felt oh, it yeah. just felt chained and I felt like I couldn't every time it just felt like something else but the Lord was so gracious even when I didn't have the faith that he's called me to have he's like I'm gonna show you I'm gonna be faithful I told you he's he's mine he's got a lion in those lungs he's okay and so I just I'm just so thankful that the Lord was gracious mm-hmm. and um, I just can't wait to see what what comes of those little boys? It's gonna be great. I can't wait to watch them grow up. Yeah, they are growing I know. very fast. Too fast. Too fast. We won't talk about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he left Mr. Gina in the yes. nursery. He left started me. walking. So sad. That's so sad. I know. But I still see him enough. I know. Yeah. He loves me. He does. Mm-hmm. He does. He has a special love for for you and for Amy mm-hmm. and those people in the nursery that gave her lots of snacks yeah. <laughs> for food. Yeah, lots was, of love, lots of hugs. Yes, he's absolutely. a snuggler. Yeah, absolutely. But so Heather is going to share a little bit um, of her her story, kind of seeing um, a loved one and wanting healing for them, and kind of just going through what that looks like um, when maybe. You know, the earthly healing doesn't come the way that we kind of expect it to. So, okay. I'm going to pray for you and Heather. Yeah, so um, I, my uncle um, basically was like a father figure to me, mm-hmm. and um, I loved him so much. He was the best of the best. He was at every birthday party, every recital, anything I ever did, he was there and he was a steady constant in my life, whereas, you know, my I've spoken about it before, my home life wasn't always, like, you know, stable, but he was stable. He was the stability for me, and so at the beginning of COVID, you know, he had a lot of health problems and already was very sick, and so, unfortunately, he did get COVID, and um, we thought, you know, everything was fine, he was okay, um, and then he had to go to the hospital and it was one of those things where it's like, you're kind of like an outer, out of body experience. Like I, I knew I was there and I was, could see it and like things were happening, but it was like, I just completely separated. Um, and I think it was just kind of like dealing with it and processing through. And I fully believe like he was going to be healed. Like, mm-hmm. and so he was sick for about two weeks. And then like Sarah said, we didn't really know a lot about COVID in those, you know, first few months. And so he was put on a ventilator, which unfortunately caused him to get pneumonia. And, and I think we all, we know now better what, what procedures to do, what treatments to use. Um, but he was really sick beforehand and he had been sick pretty much my entire life. Um, so we knew like if he got COVID, it was going to be bad, but if he had gotten, you know, the flu or mm-hmm. pneumonia any other way, it would have been bad for right. him. 
Um, so it wasn't necessarily COVID, but so I remember like we prayed and I believed and my aunt, his wife, they'd been married almost 40 years Mm -hmm. and she prayed and contended and the Bible speaks about, you know, when you pray and the Holy Spirit groans and utters for you when you have no words, like Mm -hmm. she prayed that way, Mm -hmm. like from the depth of her being and she believed up until the very end. And I remember going and seeing him because they let us come in, like, because he was getting so bad. Um, They let us come in, and so, like, I had to suit up and do all the things. And that, you know, just a moment for the nurses and healthcare workers who have lived through this. Like, that, just in those moments, it was so heavy and so weighted. Like, I can't imagine that being your everyday. Yeah, it was awful. Having to live through that and to see, you know, these families losing people. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how you do it. Like, Mm -hmm. that, to me, and that is something that stuck with me and, you know, for, you know, he's been, my uncle's been gone um, a little under a year now. And that's something that I can still see from right. my head. Like, it's something I can still and people that are near death and they're alone and their family can't be with them. And yeah. just to, you know, FaceTime, it's not enough. Yeah, and so they, thankfully, like, when the nurse that he had when we got, she was wonderful. And she, you know, she said, I'm so sorry this is happening. I'm so sorry that you're having to do this. She's like, but I promise you won't be alone. And so... I remember, you know, it was a, my uncle passed away on a Saturday morning, and I remember Friday night, I just felt this intense, like, need to go pray, and I told my husband, I was like, we need to go pray, like, right now, and I just remember being in the bedroom, literally crying out to the Lord, and I believed until the very last second that he could kill him, and I just remember it was like a shift in my prayer, and the Lord said, pray for you to have the strength to help take care of your aunt. Mm. He said, I've got something else for him. I'm going to heal him in heaven. And I just remember that shift, and I remember praying to the Lord because to help me take care of her because my they don't have any living children, and so I'm all my Aunt Pam has. And um, so I just remember that shift and that peace that came in the room. Wow. And my husband and I were praying, and I re- we went to bed that night, and I woke up to my mom calling me, letting me know that he had passed mm-hmm. away. Um, but that, even though I had that peace, and even though I knew where he was, my uncle was a Christian, he'd been, he was a preacher, he had instilled this love of the Lord in me, and taught me so much, that and gave me that foundation. But even though I knew where he was, and I think he just kind of goes through the motions after the first, you know, mm-hmm. after they pass away. I I went through the motions, and, and, you know, you do all the things, and you plan the funeral, and you function. And then you're like, okay, everybody's gone home now. All this stuff is settled. Now what do you do? Right. And I remember just being so, like, upset. And so, like, okay, Lord, like you could have healed him. And I remember we had um, a gentleman in our church who had had his second liver transplant. And it had, it, this had happened, you know, maybe a few months beforehand. And I, we watched that healing happen because he wasn't supposed to get a liver again. And the Lord wow. intervened, and he got another liver. And he is a walking testimony today, when I, and I think he's going to come on and talk hopefully soon. Um, but I remember saying, Lord, I watched you do that. Why didn't you heal my And so that was something that I had to wrestle with. And I had a friend tell me, 
years ago, the Lord is not disappointed in those feelings. And I think I had been raised, you know, you never question the Lord. You don't, you know, you don't ask why you did it this way, Lord. You never, like, really function through those emotions. It was just kind of like, oh, I don't do that. But I found a new level of faithfulness in the Lord because he said, I'm here. And I can carry those big emotions because I gave them to you. Right. And I, you, yeah, I know you're hurting. And I know you're sad. And I know you're upset. And I know you know where your uncle is. He's with me. But I know you feel this way. And you can come to me with those burdens. And thankfully, we have wonderful people at our church who, you know, because I was afraid of COVID at this point. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we all, you know, talked about my, you know, <laughs> dramatic <laughs> moments sometimes. But I was afraid. And to lose someone because of this was incredibly hard. And so, like, I got to the point where I was like, I was out of church for like a month. Mm-hmm. And finally, somebody reached out and was like, you know, you got to come back not what he would want like and he wouldn't have he would have been very upset with me if I hadn't have come back but you know and I think yeah <laughs> right <laughs> but I had to come back and I just remember like you know sitting on the floor during worship and just weeping and the Lord meeting me there yeah. and that was the great thing is he's met me through this whole you know grief process of because healing did not come how I thought it was going to come it came a different way and I fully believe that when I get to heaven that I'll see him there and that, you know, it'll all be, it'll all be in glory at that point. And, and so, you know, for, for people who are walking through, you know, we've heard two stories of, you know, divine healing and the Lord continuously healing and intervening in these situations. But there are moments where the healing doesn't come earthside. Right. And it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It just didn't happen like we thought it. And so I think that's some like an encouragement to say, even though he's still good, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't happen, he is still good. He is still faithful and he will never leave you. And you can rest assured on that. And I still believe in divine healing. I still believe that mm-hmm. when I ask, he will, he'll, he'll answer. Mm-hmm. And um, so... You know, it's just a journey. Healing is a journey. It's a, it's not always, you know, we say healing is not always linear and it's not, you know, it's a journey and a, and a, a walk through things and, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm thankful that for my uncle and for the life that he showed me and the, I think he's up in heaven given, you know, watching a little glimpse of, you know, my youngest giving me a heart attack and mm-hmm. my sweet oldest who, you know, found Jesus through his, you know, passing because, you know, that was the first person that she had lost that was close to her. Yeah. And so I remember we went through a really hard time. And, you know, we, you know, you try to explain heaven on their level. You try to explain Jesus. And, and so, you know, it became to the point where, you know, she was really afraid that we were going to leave as well. Mm-hmm. And so, but it opened up conversation for us to, you know, talk to her about that. And by that, she accepted Jesus into her heart. And I think that he would just absolutely love that like he that would be the best thing for him he would be so proud Mm -hmm. but i think he knows yeah Mm -hmm. for sure i think he knows for Mm -hmm. sure too Mm -hmm. you know there's so much about heaven that we don't know Mm -hmm. and so much of it is so you know confusing you know because we're not supposed to understand it this side you know but i do think he knows absolutely well thank you for sharing that heather i know that wasn't easy i know you're still kind of going through that grieving process and healing process of, of leaving 
someone you love and, and not seeing that earth side healing, like you said. But I know that what you talked about is going to be encouraging to somebody too because, you know, God is still in control. He's still faithful, even if you don't see it the way that you envisioned it in your mind. And um, I know that wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. We love you. And yeah. thank you, Regina, for, yes. for thank coming you, back Regina. for another Sorry. episode. This was fun. Yes, I hope you come back again. We sure. have lots of topics. And yeah. <laughs> we just love you so much, so we'll have any excuse to spend, uh, you know, some quality time yeah. with you. So. Oh, thank you, but Thank you guys so much for listening, Regina, Heather. Thank you all for sharing. And um, we will see you guys next time. And we love you guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Chapters of Grace podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and a five-star rating. Also, follow us on social media at Chapters of Grace podcast.